morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Michael Talercio, Pastor Lintern of Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, joining you today from down in Florida, where I'm taking some classes. Unlike when I was last here in January, uh, it's a bit humid, <laughs> so I'm indoors for today. Uh, but glad to be with you as we look at 1 Chronicles chapter 28 for day 561 today. 1 Chronicles 28, we're getting really close to the end of the book of 1 Chronicles, though originally 1 and 2 Chronicles were all one book. Uh, but that means we're, we're making progress through these two books. And uh, we're going to see how the Lord is providing for his people at this juncture where David is about to hand over the kingdom to Solomon. Something significant happens in today's passage. It's an example of the Lord's grace. And so let's ask for his blessing as we look at this word. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have given us 1 Chronicles 28. We thank you uh, that David is preparing his son Solomon to do something glorious. And really, uh, it's a, an example of uh, how we are being prepared to do a similar thing, really, Lord, which is just to trust you and to take up whatever you have called us to do today, Lord, with confidence, not in ourselves, but in you. And so we pray as we look at this word that you would refresh us with the reality that you are with us as we come to you in Christ, the one whom this passage really pointed forward to. May we see him clearly from it, or at least a little more clearly than we otherwise would. By your grace, in his name we pray. Amen. All right, 1 Chronicles chapter 28. David assembled at Jerusalem all the officials of Israel, the officials of the tribes, the officers of the divisions that served the king, the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds, the stewards of all the property and livestock of the king and his sons, together with the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the seasoned warriors. Then King David rose to his feet and said, Hear me, my brothers and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house of rest for the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God, and I made, a prep and I made preparations for building. But God said to me, You may not build a house for my name, for you are a man of war and have shed blood. Yet the Lord God of Israel chose me from all my father's house to be king over Israel forever. For he chose Judah as the leader, and in the house of Judah my father's house, and among my father's sons, he took pleasure in me to make me king over all Israel. And of all my sons, for the Lord has given me many sons, he has chosen Solomon, my son, to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. He said to me, it is Solomon, your son, who shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. I will establish his kingdom forever if he continues strong in keeping my commandments and my rules as he is today. Now, therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the assembly of the, of the Lord, and in the hearing of our God, observe and seek out all the commandments of the Lord your God, that you may possess this good land and leave it for an inheritance to your children after you forever. And you, Solomon, my son, Know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Be careful now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Then David gave Solomon his son the plan of the vestibule of the temple, and of its houses, its treasuries, its upper rooms, and its inner chambers, and of the room for the mercy seat, 
and the plan of all that he had in mind for the courts of the house of the Lord, all the surrounding chambers, the treasuries of the house of God, and the treasuries for dedicated gifts, for the divisions of the priesthood and of the Levites, and all the work of the service in the house of the Lord, for all the vessels for the service in the house of the Lord, the weight of gold for all golden vessels for each service, the weight of silver vessels for each service, the weight of the golden lampstands and their lamps, the weight of gold for each lampstand and its lamps, the weight of silver for a lampstand and its lamps, according to the use of each lampstand in the service, the weight of gold for each table for the showbread, the silver for the silver tables, the pure gold for the forks, the basins, and the cups, for the golden bowls and the weight of each. For the weight of each, since made of refined gold in its weight. Also his plan for the golden chariot of the cherubim that spread their wings and covered the ark of the covenant of the Lord. All this he made clear to me in writing from the hand of the Lord, all the work to be done according to the plan. Then David said to Solomon, his son, Be strong and courageous and do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. And behold, the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of the house of God and with you in all the work will be every willing man who has skill for any kind of service. Also the officers and all the people will be holy at your command. Well, have you ever seen an impressive building constructed from just one single brick? Probably not. How about land that's covered in some scattered bricks? Some maybe stacked up here, some stacked up there. Have you ever seen something like that and been impressed? Probably not. In fact, usually a site like this is a sign of disrepair and that there's a problem. See, an impressive building is a result of cohesion and planning and structure and design. And for a building to be impressive, it needs a designer and a good builder. And that's something that David understands because that's something that God has shown to him. And it's that that he recounts for us in today's passage as he recounts it for the people of Israel. You see David here in today's passage understanding a couple of things. He understands that in order for the people to continue in the land, if you look at verse 8, in order for them to possess the good land and leave an inheritance to their children after them, what do they have to do? They have to observe and seek out all the commandments of the Lord their God. So they have to actually be as a people group collectively seeking for the Lord and what he has revealed to his people. But more than that, perhaps more central to today's passage, is the fact that God's temple needs to be built by the right person. David recalls for us that God had chosen him to be king, but he hadn't chosen him to be the one that would build his temple. He had chosen his son Solomon, and specifically Solomon, out of all the sons that God had given to David. And it would be Solomon who would be the one who would build the temple. And so David gives Solomon a charge in today's chapter. That's largely what this chapter is about. It's a charge that David is giving to Solomon. We see all kinds of things that David charges Solomon to do. He charges him to 
build the temple according to the plans that God had given to him. If you look there in verse um, 19, all this he made clear to me in writing from the hand of the Lord, all the work to be done according to the plan. Depending on your translation, you may or may not have quotation marks around that, that verse there. And that's David summarizing all of the plans that he's just described and how Solomon is to build the temple. He's saying that these instructions came from the Lord. And all of these things represent something important within God's temple. Just off the top of my head here from this list, uh, we see lampstands. They demonstrate the light that God brings through this temple presence of his to the rest of the world. There's bread there that's mentioned. Uh, that is just an indication of how God provides nourishment for his people through his presence. It's also important that the temple contain the prescribed furniture as assembled by the hands of the willing servants of the king. We see references there as well that the, the people uh, at least in the very last verse, especially there. Behold the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of the house of God. And with you in all the work will be every willing man who has skill for any kind of service. Also the officers and all the people will be holy at your command. This is a further reason for Solomon to do the work that is before him with joy and with vigor. Uh, to, as he said in verse 10, David told Solomon, be strong and do the work. Uh, so the work is going to be done by human hands, by the willing servants of the Lord himself. And so God doesn't just want furniture. He wants people <laughs> to be involved in the construction of that furniture. Uh, he wants his servants to assemble it themselves. And the reason for this, I think, is because in a typological way, a way that points forward to a, an even greater and truer reality that would come. The workers who are building the temple in today's passage are themselves the temple of God. And the king, David, in today's passage, who's instructing and overseeing their building, is really just pointing us to Jesus, the true king. In fact, it's David's son, who in today's passage is named Solomon, but who in a typological way is really Jesus, who would come from David and from Solomon. It's he who will be the one to principally and foundationally build the temple. In fact, he is the foundation. He's the cornerstone on which the temple of God's people are built. He's the one who has his willing servants completely at his command to do his will. And his will is for us to be his temple. You see, Jesus' priority for us is to be his temple. His Holy Spirit indwelling us is what gives us life and makes us like, as Peter says in 1 Peter 2, living stones. And so that means if we are stones in this temple of God's house, God's dwelling place, then we're going to rub shoulders with other stones. We're going to have to be involved in the lives of others. We're going to be right up against certain other stones in this building and we're living stones, right? So that means there's going to be disagreements at times. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be problems that we will experience, but nevertheless, we'll be part of this temple of the Lord. 
And I think that's why David in today's passage is calling Solomon to do the work. There's going to be challenges to building the temple, just as there are today. Jesus obviously dealt with the most fundamental challenge of all, which was making us into living stones in the first place. He sacrificed his very life in order to make that happen. He came, he lived a perfect life, then he died a terrible death in the place of his people to make them living stones. And he rose again and he seals us in. And after uh, sending into heaven and being seated at the right hand of the Father, he sent his Holy Spirit so that we could become living stones because of what he had accomplished for us in making us right with his Father so that God could dwell in us and put us together as a temple pleasing to him. But what the other challenge, after Jesus did all of that principal foundational work, what the other challenges involve is us relating to one another. And, and David, I think, understood that as well, not only in giving Solomon this charge, but also in charging the people to pursue the Lord. That's the way that we'll be able to rub shoulders with other stones in this temple in a way that is pleasing to him. So if you experience conflict as a living stone, interacting with other living stones, know that it's to be expected and know that Jesus is going to deal with it all one day in full as he already has begun to through his death and resurrection and establishing us as living stones. And Know that in the meantime, he's appointed priests and Levites to help call us back into right fellowship. He's appointed pastors, elders, and even deacons, really, to help us in the service of the Lord that we have as individual members of his temple. He's appointed those who would call us back to seeing him better than Solomon as the one who has put this house together, and we are to serve in that process of becoming the temple that he so desires. So stay in the fight, brothers and sisters. If you're in Christ, be part of that local church community. Resist the temptation to stray for any reasons that don't have to do with the Bible not being taught anymore or the sacraments not being rightly administered. Know that the discipline that comes from being pulled back into the community is actually for our good as God's people. As we are built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles of the scriptures, Jesus himself being the cornerstone as we experience him in our participation in baptism and the Lord's Supper, know that even that, that discipline that comes is actually for our good. And rejoice, stay in the fight, love your brothers and sisters in Christ as you stick to that building that he has made us to be in him. Let's thank God and ask for his help with this. Thank you, Father, that you've given us this calling to be your temple. It's such a great picture of what it looks like to be in your family, Lord and to be built on a foundation of Jesus and his word. And Lord, we praise you that we can have this calling, but we pray that you would help us to live according to it, Lord. There will be so many temptations to stray from the temple, to go be our own temple somewhere. But in reality, that's just a pathetic example, a pathetic sight, really, of some building as it were, in disrepair. We pray that we wouldn't be such, but that we would be part of your uh, temple, Lord, in a way that is good for us and pleases you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm glad you could join me uh, for this look at First Chronicles. Hope you'll be back with us tomorrow as we 
turn back to the book of Hebrews and look at chapter 5 together. Till then, have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.